Welcome, though. It's definitely recording. Welcome to the Monday Morning Tears Cast, the first, best, and only podcast about the Monday Morning Tears Fantasy Football League. I am your host, Daniel Kite, now known as, is that Carson Wentz? Sorry, is that Caleb Wentz? I'm still getting used to that now. Uh, and with me today on the pods, which we are now officially intercontinental for, uh, we've got Victor Bayada, Melvin No Hold in the third. How's it going, Vic? Sorry, do I get get my own uh, intro sound? No, I can I can I can edit that in later if you'd like me to. Okay, no, I'd like okay. you to edit back my voice air horn, not a real one. So I think I'm going to make sure this drop. I'm going to take your air horn and then I'm going to edit that into all future podcasts. Dope. Amazing. Um, feeling good. Yeah. Uh, I'd just like to open it up by saying, I mean, clearly Melvin Gordon's going to be listening to this podcast because it's gone international now. So please it sign your good. contract, sir. <laughs> I mean, hope, hopes and prayers, you know, we got to we got to send our hopes and prayers out there. Um, yeah. I'm thinking of doing like a Kawhi and dine in my kitchen for Melvin Gordon. So you can, he can just come by and eat a bunch of spicy Chipotle black bean burgers and, I don't know, a bunch of, like, dog kibble, maybe? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And get, have his leg humped by Tucker. If that doesn't entice him to sign a contract, then I don't know what will. I mean, he, that, we might be bringing him up to the, the tie cats then. That, that could be an element. <laughs> this is what it is, will look like for you if you don't sign your deal. <laughs> this is where you're gonna end up showing like uh johnny menzel drinking on the sideline there because that's who we all want to be hanging out with we want we all want to be any money up here so <laughs> that's the end game all right folks well on today's podcast we're going to get into uh some trade breaks now we've already had our first trade in the league so that'll be very exciting we'll get into some post-draft reactions we'll talk about our teams some teams that we think are strong and some teams that got some good value uh, and then we'll transition into some nfl news uh, i woke up very rudely to this at about five in the morning seeing a whole bunch of messages in the chat and was very curious but we'll get more into that later on uh but first victor I wanted you on the podcast because you were part of the first bit of league action that we had. Break it down for us a bit. Yeah, so uh, just uh, you actually said it best in our conversation that we had, which is uh, swinging for the fences. And uh, one of the things that I, I haven't done over the past years is kind of go like high risk, high reward. Um, and I wanted to just kind of start off that way and... I, I felt like this was a good opportunity due to the contract holdout uh, from Melvin Gordon. And right. having Austin Eckler already on my team, it wasn't as high risk as it, as it could be. Um, so I felt like it was a good window of opportunity to, uh, to make that proposition once Chris had uh, posted that uh, Melvin Gordon was on the trade block. Right. And, and as a reminder to all our, our loyal listeners, which, by the way, I've checked the stats 17 official listens on the first episode of the podcast more than we have people in the league so i don't know what the heck is happening out there uh but i'm, I'm happy with those extra five listens melvin uh, gordon yeah melvin gordon is three of the extra five uh, <laughs> as a reminder the trade that went down was melvin no hold in the third uh was traded uh philip Lindsay and will fuller to chris 
who we have confirmed is actually real now, which is a, a shocking revelation, uh, in return for Philip Lindsay and Will Fuller V. Uh, so, what, Vic, why did you feel good giving up Philip Lindsay and Will Fuller? Like, tell me why you were okay uh, giving those guys up. Uh, so, with, with Lindsay, I kind of, uh, to be honest, he kind of just fell into my lap in the sense that I, I was, we were rounding that kind of like lower middle lower tier of rbs at that point um kind of to pre- preface that like i didn't really want to go zero rb this year i just kind of fell that way because i just personally thought that the the money being spent uh at the top tier positions at running back was just way too high way more than i had budgeted for so i kind of ended up falling into this cycle where every every kind of running back in that middle tier, I was just slightly being overbid for, except for Philip Lindsay, which I can understand people's hesitation on him because, you know, there's been rumors that he, he may lose the starting position. It might be like a 50, 50 over there. So he's not really your bona fide RB one. Um, though I do think he is very talented and he did end up wor- working out for Danny real well last year. So uh, I, I, I took, I kind of took him because he fell to me, but, uh, I, I really felt short at RB, um, just having him, uh, and then, uh, Chris, uh, Chris Carson as my, as my kind of like secondary there. So I thought, you know what, might as well. I'm, I personally felt like I was set at receiver. So Fuller would have been somebody that would have been kind of like on a good matchup flex or if I had an injury, he'd be subbed in, but otherwise would pretty much stay on my bench. So he was like, you know, an easy uh, candidate for me to trade. And then, yeah, I felt like I could uh, upgrade at at running back with uh, Chris's uh, kind of like hesitation towards Melvin Gordon because of the contract. So, yeah, it's a trade that, you know, is, is really interesting in that, you know, that there are two tangibly, like, pretty solid players heading to Chris in this trade. Like, Philip Lindsay, like you said, you know, maybe he's not going to put up the RB1 numbers like he did last year, uh, but he still has flashed the talent to be, you know, a passing down back, uh, yep. putting put wheels on the ground as well. So that could be a really valuable pickup for Chris there. Uh, and Will Fuller, you know, in the short time that he had with Deshaun Watson, really performed well. Uh, you know, is inconsistent with injuries. And I mean, he's already injured right now, so that might say something about it. Uh, but he's a really good pickup too. And yeah, with yours, the, my my view on it is, I mean, this this could be a, a league-winning trade, honestly. If, if Melvin Gordon comes back and decides, you know, shit, uh, he has his like coming to God moments, you know, the owner of the, the Chargers stands outside his window at the boom box and just starts blaring his music and he just wants <laughs> back. I mean, that this could be league winning because Melvin Gordon is easily in the conversation of like a top five running back uh, from a fantasy perspective here. Oh, and Golden absolutely. Tate, Golden Tate is also, you know, a historically uh, strong PPR receiver, gets a lot of volume. And, you know, in that Giants offense where there's really not much happening, he would probably stand to be a really interesting uh, guy, obviously after his suspension goes through, uh, but could be a good guy later in the year. Uh, so, I mean, if, as a first trade of the year, I think this one goes down. I, I don't see a winner or a loser in this trade. I think both sides probably got what they wanted out of this. Right. Uh, but it, I think it really does uh, work out well for both parties here. Yep. Yep. No, I think so as well. And that, that's, an, yeah, that was another good point is that, uh, like, the, while Golden Tate is kind of a question mark at this point because he's not going to play 
the the four games. I, I do believe he has a higher upside uh, as well in in that offense. Uh, so. I can hold out. I can wait. Like I said, I have the receivers uh, and to to plug in, in in his absence. And that was a big motivator for me, too. So it, it really was like kind of the perfect situation for both of us. Right. And so let's let's transition from that then. So we're going to start talking about the draft now. The results of the draft went down on a early Thursday morning, late Friday night for or Wednesday night for you guys. Uh, so, Vic, I'm going to ask you first about your team. Tell me what you think is like, What what? who do you think was your best pickup? Who did you feel really good about getting? And just your general impressions about your team. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely, I think my best pickup would be Brandon Cooks. And that's purely uh, from a value perspective. Because I, I believe I'd have to check back the results, but I think I got him for something like 10 bucks. Um, what check? Oh, you can hear it. <laughs> Brandon, Cook, Brandon Cooks went for eighteen dollars, but oh, still 18. definitely still below his uh, average value, I believe. Yes, yes, I'm definitely confusing him with someone else then. But I, I do, I do think that he was the best value that I paid. I mean, the other guys uh, like that I, I'm excited about, like uh, Deshaun Watson and uh, OBJ. Uh, I, I do believe I paid over over value, but that was also just kind of like the trend of what was going on at the time. So um, I try I try to stay within budget, but I also reach for the guys that I really, really like. And uh, those are both guys that I'm going to not only just be excited to see on my fantasy team, but just excited to watch in general. Yeah, because a lot of really electrifying players that like, you know, you say you think you overpaid for OBJ and from from most of what I saw, I mean, $52 was not an overpay. That was pretty much right around where he was going in a lot of drafts. So I don't like even in in snake drafts, he's very often kind of an end of the first round kind of guy. So I, I think you did well with him there. Deshaun Watson electrifying, you know, using his feet and his legs. Really fun guy. Didn't even mention Travis Kelsey. Probably mm-hmm. the, the, the top tight end that we're going to have in our league. Yeah, I think yes. you've got a really strong team here. I was really, really pissed off when you uh, bid me up on Chris Carson. I was, <laughs> I was very salty. I really, really wanted him as my RB2 or my RB3 going into it. Uh, and you you just kept pushing me and pushing me. I was very, very upset. Um but yeah, you've got I, I, looking at your team. You've got a likely top three quarterback, a likely top two tight end, uh, a likely top five wide receiver, and another guy who has flirted with wide receiver one numbers, uh, and then some running backs. I mean, obviously Melvin Gordon, if he plays, is a top five running back. So there's there's a lot of potential, I think, for your team to be a really strong one going forward. Yeah, yeah. Um... I, I definitely would say, due to the format change, it uh, it really helped me because I started valuing receivers more. Um, and I think that despite the format change, I was kind of surprised at the the higher like the value on backs. I mean, obviously, backs are going to be your highest point scorers uh, traditionally and the highest workload that that they're going to get, but. Some some of these receivers, uh, the way that they were falling, and Kelsey, who it, I treat as a WR one essentially when, when I drafted him, and his value reflects that because I think the the target share and the workload he's going to get over there will reflect that as well. Yeah, um, I believe. So yeah, no, I, I I I was I'm 
personally happy with the team I, I drafted, uh, given the format change. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that's, the format change is interesting. I think I've, I've talked to Danny about this, too. And I, I, I wonder how much of a boost those wide receivers are going to be. Because I've always seen it more as kind of like a, a rising tide floats all boats type of thing. Right. Like, it's, it seems to me like the upside goes up for every receiver and not necessarily just like, you know, your, your top tier of receivers. Because, you know, touchdowns are still the same. And mm-hmm. whether, you know, Alshon Jeffrey catches 10 passes or Michael Thomas catches 10 passes, you know, that's, that's still added points for both guys. So I, I, I'm, I could be wrong, but to my mind, when I saw the format change, I, I assumed that it was kind of going to just, you know, more, mostly just affect receivers equally. Uh, maybe it would skew their value in relation to the running backs, but we saw in our draft that didn't really happen. Right. Uh, but yeah, that'll be something interesting to monitor moving forward. I, I thought personally going into it, it would elevate the, um, the value of like the slot guys a bit more. Because yeah. uh, depending on the type of like offense they're on, but you know, like those little kind of like check down plays where uh, they're just trying to move the ball up, they, they would get a lot more receptions that way and you'd get a lot more points there. But I didn't really see that. Yeah, and I think if you look at like historical rankings too and like PPR and stuff like that, I think you find it often has more of an impact on the running back position than it does in the wide receiver position. Because then you know your your James Whites, your Austin Ecklers, your I mean not anymore, but your Darren Sproles is end up being a lot more valuable because they get all those touches. Uh, yeah, where other running backs don't. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So selfishly, I'm going to move on to talk about my team now. Uh, so if you ask me what my best value was, I honestly believe it's the guy I paid most for, Dalvin Cook. Uh, because I paid $49 for Dalvin Cook, a guy who I think could be – I think he's going to – if he's healthy, he's definitely a running back, an RB1. He could be, to my mind, a top six RB this year. Because the Vikings sound like with Gary Kubiak, their offensive coordinator, are going to transition really hard towards the run. They really like that Gary Kubiak is known for just putting out great run offenses and putting out that kind of stuff. So the fact that I got Dalvin Cook for $49 when, as you said earlier, other running backs were flying off the board for, you know, $70, $80, even guys like James Conner and Le'Veon Bell going for in the high 50s. Getting mm-hmm. Cook for forty nine dollars to me was was the steal of my draft. I was I was ecstatic when I saw him go for that. Absolutely. Uh, I what do you attribute that to? Because I was thinking about that one. Because definitely before you brought it up, like hands down in my mind, that was the the best value of the entire draft. And I was thinking it could have it was like a timing thing because at that point I think was he what was he maybe the third? He was like, the third guy. Yes. Yeah, and at that point, it's like, okay, he was the first one to be nominated that had, like, previous major injury concern and maybe some question marks around him. So, kind of people weren't sure where to value him, and so that might have been why, but... Because otherwise, I, I couldn't understand why he you were able to get him for that price. It seems crazy if you look at the value of the other players, as you said. Yeah, I, I do think... Injury history is a bit of a question mark, and that probably is a, why people stayed away a little bit. And, you know, yes. I think it's the combination of that aspect of, you know, he's not one of those top four running backs, so people don't want to kind of blow their loads just like trying to bid him up. 
because uh, you know McCaffrey was still on the board, David Johnson was still on the board. Which actually, by the way, Joseph getting Joe getting him for sixty four bucks might become a steal compared to the seventy eight and the eighty dollars that were paid for the other top tier guys. But uh, that's that's maybe a conversation we can have later. But yeah, I, I I remember when I when I saw that no one was going to take me up to fifty bucks, I would have kept going way harder for him, seeing how much those other guys went. Uh, but was really really pleased when I saw that he didn't. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Congrats. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm, thank you. Now I'm going to ask you to sell to 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 feed my ego here, or to maybe just crush me a little bit. Uh, tell what? Tell me. Tell me good things about my team. Tell me nice things about me. <laughs> I will tell you everything I hate about your team. Um, no, that's actually I, more fun. Actually, I, I'd, I'd rather hear that. I, I'll be honest. I actually really like your team. I think I have your team on my own, like personal rankings, uh, in in the top three, actually, because you're you're very well balanced. Like, you don't have any crazy uh, high kind of high talent or uh let's say like let's say top top tier guys other than uh you know dalvin cook obviously and like carson who i'm really high on uh but everybody else has a very high potential and they are and they are talented uh carry on honestly i i wanted carry on really bad uh so that my revenge for you getting carry on was carson if that if that makes you a bit happier about that situation but uh here. <laughs> no, like, uh, you know what? Honestly, yeah, just you're you're really well rounded. I think uh, that your receiving core could be a bit better, um, but again, potential there. So we'll have to see yeah, how it pans out. What I saw for myself, like when I look at my team, I feel like I have a very high floor. I feel like if I just if if the the year was just simulated today, I feel like there'd be a really good chance that I would make the playoffs just as is. But I, yeah. I worry that I don't have a high ceiling. I yeah. especially like you said with the wide receivers. The wide receivers kind of scare me a little bit. I'm I'm not super I'm not the most pleased with that. There's a lot of guys there that I think are solid, but no one who's got like blow you out of the water talent there. So I I'm not sure how much I enjoy that. Uh, and I'm, I am I am open to trades. I'm looking to trade for a wide receiver, so I'm putting that out there into the universe right now. Talk to me about your wide receivers. I want them. Uh, but yeah, I think over, overall, I was pretty happy with my draft. There's a lot of guys that I thought um, I got for pretty good value. As much yeah. as Danny and everyone else seems to hate the Arizona Cardinals, I think Kyler Murray and Christian Kirk are going to be amazing picks for me. Uh, and I, I am happy to die on that hill. Danny, if you want to make your bet uh, on Kyler Murray and some sort of fantasy, fantasy threshold for him, we will absolutely do that. Uh, but yeah, I, I actually feel really good. And getting Kittle was really big for me as well. I was really happy to get uh, George Kittle on my team. After having kind of two straight years of rotating tight ends, it was really nice to get a top three guy and feel feel pretty set at that position, injuries barring. Yeah, Definitely. Although I will put this out there that I am out of the top tier tight end kind of guys. I'm like the lowest on Kittle, unfortunately. I just think he's due for some regression this year. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think I think most of those top tier guys probably are. Uh to me, I actually think Ertz is coming for way more regression than Kittle. Ertz had like literally the most targets of any I don't think he was even, definitely any tight end, maybe any player in like the past 20 years last year. And that just can't happen again. Uh, so, but I, it's I, true. I, 
all those guys are probably due a little bit. A lot of that was with Foles as well, right? If if yeah. I recall, like a lot of his success. But I mean, he is like, I I think Zachary, it's like a barring Kelsey is has like the most talent of that bunch, definitely. Uh, but again, yeah, target share and mouths in that offense is is a concern this year. That's why I I just decided to go for Kelsey because he was just like bona fide. Yeah, no no doubter. So then let's 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 stop the navel gazing. Let's uh, let's turn our attention to <laughs> the league. Uh, is there another team out there that you think is really strong? Yeah, uh, as much as I hate to say it, I actually really like Danny's team. Okay, um, I think that one-two punch in his receiving core is going to be phenomenal, barring any injuries for him. Um, and again, then with I mean Aaron Rodgers for him. At, at the value that he got was a steal, in my opinion. Um, apart from, like, Damian Williams, I'm not really high on. Like, he's, in my opinion, a garbage running back in a good offense. Um, but, I mean, the workload will be there to sustain it. So as long as he can pull it off and kind of not fumble too much and get benched, I think he'll, he'll be solid. And uh, everyone seems to be really high on Josh Jacobs, Uh Again, offense is a bit of a concern there, but otherwise, uh, he he has like high upside. So, yeah, yeah. I like what you said about Damian Williams there because I mean he he also even insured himself with that by getting Darwin Thompson, uh, who is has been very kind of electrifying in camp. People have been really impressed with him. At least the Chiefs and the the Chiefs reporters have been. So even if Damian Williams doesn't really pan out. Darwin Thompson does seem to be the next guy in line there. Uh, so yeah. Danny's got himself set up. And, and you know, Chiefs Chiefs running backs or Andy Reid running backs tend to just always perform really well. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I agree with a lot of what you said there. I don't think I'm as high on Aaron Rodgers as you are. Uh, just, I, I don't know how, m- there's still a lot of talent on that uh, offense. And I know they brought in a new coach from St. Louis who they hope will kind of juice things up a bit. So that, that could be a wait-and-see type of thing. But I do think Rodgers could be uh, good uh, at that spot for sure. Uh, yeah, a lot of good guys on Danny's team. And Tony Pollard, I think, could end up – if things go south, Tony Pollard is going to be the guy that replaces Zeke, and that could just immediately be an RB1. So there's a yeah. lot of a lot of league-winning upside here with Danny's team. Yeah, and fuck him for getting Justice Hill. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> of course, fuck him for getting Justice Hill. Uh, my pick for a team that I thought was really strong, interestingly enough, actually trading with you earlier, I actually really, really like Chris's team. Top to bottom, there's, there's, it's hard for me to find anyone that I don't uh, see having like a really potentially good year. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback, obviously. And, you know, I don't know if Patrick Mahomes is going to have the same year as last year, but he still probably will be our QB1. Uh, Nick Chubb, Mark Ingram, and James White, I think, could be a hell of a, a three-headed beast at running back. Not a ton of, like, high ceilings there with the uh, wide receiver position. Uh, or rather, there's a, there is a high ceiling with Calvin Ridley and Mike Williams, two guys that are young and could explode and, and put up big numbers. But I think there's still quite a bit of risk there and just looking for opportunity with each guy having a, a pretty established top receiver ahead of them. But yep. overall... I I, am, I feel really strongly about Chris's team, and I could see that one being one to be uh, reckoned with moving forward. Yeah, uh, I I shied away from Ingram uh, personally. I I just 
don't think that he will be as successful in in that offense. But it's it's yet to be determined. But otherwise, I I agree with what you said. Um, yeah. The thing I thought about Ingram and the reason I like him so much is that literally, like, Baltimore is just going to run the ball constantly next year. Ingram is going to have every opportunity to put up huge numbers, even if it's just on a volume-based thing. So I I, I feel like he's almost one of the safest picks to put up, like, RB2 numbers out of any RB2 that was available. Like, he's just – I think he's got such a high floor. And, frankly, if the Ravens are any good, like, that could be a, a home run pick to my mind. No concerns with uh, Lamar running the ball, to, like I mean, eating into that. Possibly, uh, but I, th- I think probably you know with those second year QBs, they probably want to rein him in a bit. And I mean, he'll still run, but they probably don't want him putting himself and his body on the line as much. And right. you know, if they get those favorable game scripts, if they if they're going to be a good team, they're going to just pound the ball a ton with their running backs. True. So yeah, yeah. those are that I thought so I I agree I think both those teams are two really strong teams that we've talked about just quickly before we move on I just want to say my biggest critique to Chris's team is that after our trade he didn't change his team name to Fuller Chubb I think you are absolutely right I had not even thought of that but that is absolutely the correct name for Chris's team and uh, once he listens to this he should change that immediately I think that's 100% the correct name there you go tips for free tips for free uh, let's switch gears here and go to the opposite end. Uh, let's talk about teams that we maybe have some issues with. You know, we don't want to say they're bad teams, but we want to say that these are teams that, um, you know, maybe might struggle throughout the year or might have some some big concerns moving forward. Uh, Victor, I'm going to let you start with the one team that maybe we will just say is bad, uh, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I have a lot of concerns about... Why haven't you seen my dick? And, uh, I mean, this was even before... I, I was even concerned before uh, yesterday's bombshell of uh, luck being uh, retiring from the NFL uh, being dropped upon us. Um, just in the sense that there's, there's just too much uncertainty for me to get excited for. And, uh, you know, with, with Zeke... The holdout, you know, is is still still looming. Um, I've been on the side of that last year uh, with his suspension, and I mean, when he's on the field, he's magic, and he's someone you definitely want on your team. But when he's off, you have to make sure that you have enough uh, other talent at positions to suffice because he puts up massive numbers for you. Uh, so you'll you'll definitely be lacking without that. And I mean with your second RB being Jalen Richard. Yeah, <laughs> it's not looking good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I do like, again, I like, I like Devontae uh, yeah. Adams uh, as WR1. Uh, to someone me, he up. is WR1. To me, he's the best wide receiver. It has probably, if you put a gun to my head, I think he'll be the top wide receiver in fantasy this year. Right. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't make that statement in particular, but I'd say up there, definitely. Uh, also high on Edelman as well, and I think he got really good value for him. Yeah, he was another guy that I was fighting with Mikey over. Again, yeah. Mike, Mike, Mikey, check your trades. Still, still been like three, four days now. I need you to to open that up, but guy, we got we got to start talking. Yeah, all your concerns, I feel the same way. Um, the, the wide receiver situation was good and is probably now 
you know, less good, obviously, with T.Y. Hilton not going to have Jacoby Brissett uh, throwing to him moving forward. Tom yeah, Brady. And we've seen that. We've seen what the outcome of that is, and it's it's not great. I mean, T.Y. is very talented and can still make production from that, but nowhere near what his potential is with luck. Yeah. And, you know, along with that, too, just every uh, the other positions, you know, Tom Brady is not a fantasy-relevant quarterback anymore. No. David Joku is has got, you know, he's got the tools, but we haven't seen him put it together yet. Uh, right. Then a bench that you know, really doesn't feature a lot of, you know, upside. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton is an interesting guy. He, he really turned it on for the Broncos at the end of last year. And Marquise Goodwin uh, could be a popular target for Garoppolo. But even on the bench, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of guys who would be able to take the leap and really set step into that roster. So I, yeah. I think Mike, I really have to try and play the waiver wire or play the trades and and try and just fill out that roster a bit. Because right now it's it's looking pretty dire. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's got like it's funny. His bench has guys that would be great as like handcuffs, but have almost no standalone value in my opinion. Um, yeah. guys like Carlos Hyde and Damian Williams so it, yeah it's uh, it's interesting we'll, we'll see uh, you know I, I, this is like a prime example of uh, blowing your load uh, too early in the draft as Mikey tends to do well interesting that you mentioned that because my, my pick for a team that might struggle throughout the year to me has the highest boom bust potential uh, of any team in our league this year and that's Joe Tolk's team yeah, Joe, Joe Tulk uh, went in hard going after C-Mac and David Johnson, paying a combined $144 for those two guys. And to my mind, the rest of the roster really reflects that. Uh, yeah. There's no really – Jared Cook is a nice tight end. I actually think he got good value for him. I think Cook will be a consistent – I mean, we, we every year if, when you think Jared Cook is going to be consistent, he usually shits the bed. <laughs> Uh, so that might be a, a fool's errand to try and say that, but I think there's a, if, if things go right for Joe, I think he's, he maybe has the best team in the league because if Josh Gordon becomes Josh Gordon, if Sammy Watkins flashes that talent with Casey, uh, hell, if Dalvin cook gets injured, you know, he's got lots of guys that can step right into huge positions and, uh, perform really well. But I think there's a there's a, so much uncertainty I think on his roster outside of those two top running backs. Yeah, agreed. He he's got a lot of guys that I think he was able to snag too because of the the uncertainty and people's fear, like you know David Johnson in that offense and historically what he's been through. Uh, Matty Ice, uh, same thing, has just has flashes of the talent. Watkins. So yeah, no, I I uh, I agree with your statement. I, I think that it's it's going to be interesting to watch his team unfold uh ironically enough he goes up against mikey week one so. oh that's fun <laughs> that'll that'll be a real kind of bellwether to see maybe how their seasons will go i mean you'd, you'd hope that joe would be mikey because you know mikey's team is trash um but uh yeah it'll, that'll be a hell of a matchup to see some fireworks for sure yeah yeah uh how do, so, how do we feel about about Andre's team. Just oh, I like it. Going off quick. the board. Right, let's pull up Andre's team here. Yeah, because uh, I this one is like really a mix for me. Like I look at it sometimes and I, I, again, I see that high potential, but I also see 
huge like bust potential for him as well. We're we're officially in the Andre Slander car- corner. Uh, we still are, we are still are waiting for a sponsor right now. Uh, we're waiting. So if anyone is out there who wants to sponsor the Andre Slander corner, uh, please do so. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Andre is really set with his running or sorry, his wide receivers. I mean, Julio Evans and Thielen could be three top twelve wide receivers. I think that's he's he's really solid at those positions. Uh, and yeah, the running backs. It's it's hard to really get jab. I mean, that's not true. I actually really like Michelle and Montgomery. I think those two guys, if their situations pan out, could be low end RB one, high end RB two kind of guys that could supplement enough production to get to support those wide receivers. Tevin Coleman as well. You know, playing in that Kyle Shanahan offense could put up a lot of points. It's it's not a sexy team, but I actually think it's kind of low key, kind of sneaky good. I think there's a lot of guys that have. Like you said, really good upside, and if their situations pan out, which you know in a lot of cases they might, uh, I think he could put together a pretty good roster. I mean, Greg Olson's corpse at tight end, I don't know if I love. That's that <laughs> for him all year, and Kirk Cousins at QB when Minnesota is going to go heavy on a running attack makes me a little bit nervous. Right. Um, but overall, I, th- I think his team is is. In maybe like an upper middle tier team to my to my mind right now. I really like those wide receivers, and I think there is uh, a path for a few of those running backs to really elevate their game and become top twenty, top twelve fantasy running backs. Yeah, agreed. I think a sneaky value pick for him was Deshaun Jackson, actually. Oh yeah, um, which uh, I think he stole from me that bastard, which is why <laughs> trying to slander his team. But no, I I agree. Uh, I think though. If those, if everything works out for him, he could be sneaky good this year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so let's let's transition away from the draft. We've had a lot of draft talk now. Let's just get into some NFL news and things that have happened uh, over the past few days. And let's let's just get right into it. The number one story: Lamar Miller ACL tear. Right. No, no, that, that is not the number one story. Uh, let's start with Andrew Luck, the real number one story. Uh, so, Andrew Luck retires abruptly uh is booed off the field which i mean fuck the colts fuck their fans that's the most garbage thing i think i've ever seen uh i don't know what do do you think about that the the colts fans booing luck as he walks off the field man i think they are they had too much fucking corn and homemade moonshine that day and they just didn't even realize what they were doing because that was yeah completely despicable uh it's the biggest like chuckle fuck move i feel like i've ever seen like this this is the guy who has like suffered and broken his body to be a star quarterback for your team and he's decided that he just does not want to put his body through physical punishment anymore and you boo him for it it's just it's it's hot garbage to me and fuck the colts uh fuck their fans uh fuck all of them yeah yeah, no, exactly. I mean, literally gave everything for this team. Uh, and also, I mean, sh- sure, not really relevant, but one of the nicest guys, I feel like, in the league, just basic, based on what I've seen from other players and during interviews and stuff. And, like, of all people to boo, like, really? Andrew Luck? Yeah, exactly. Like, I remember reading a great ESPN story, or there's, an e- like, a little, like, Sunday morning football thing where he's, like, notorious for being, like, the nicest trash talker in the league where guys will, like, knock him down in a sack and he'll just get up and be like, great sack, great sack, you did a real great job there. And, yeah. like, it'll 
really throw people off. Like that to me just shows like that he's a good dude and clearly is got a good, thankfully still has a good enough head on his shoulders to realize that, you know, he has a life after the NFL to think about. And if he's just going to break his body, it's probably not worth it. Right. Uh, a second article actually came out after that, that he was actually cupping the player's sacks, like their actual cup and saying like, it's in place. Good sack. Good sack. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. But again, it's hilarious. Yeah. Let's talk about the implications here. So Andrew Luck, I mean, obviously this puts Tony's team in a bad position because he loses Andrew Luck. But who do you think is going to be affected the most? Uh, which player do you think will be affected the most by Andrew Luck's retirement? I think it's a, it's a toss-up between T.Y. and Mac. Uh, I, I will weigh Mac slightly uh, heavier because of the fact that you know, now with Jacoby Brissett at the helm, um, teams are going to, you know, not respect the pass as much. And the ground game is definitely going to be a lot more limited, which is sad because I had really high hopes for him this year. Um, yep. He was actually one of the guys I was targeting. I just didn't, I think I didn't like the value that he went at. Um, but yeah, no, definitely uh, Mac, I think. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I mean, we already talked about T.Y. Hilton and the downgrade in his performance that's likely to happen without Andrew Luck at quarterback. But yeah, Marlon Mack uh, is going to be really impacted by this. And it's 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 hard to say, too, because, you know, Brissett in the time that he was quarterback for the Colts wasn't terrible. And that was when he had just been traded to the team. So he probably didn't have a ton of time to really get the offense. It'd be interesting if he can flash a bit more. Uh, as a quarterback there and maybe open things up. And that Colts offensive line might be, it's, it's close. It's probably a top three line in the, in the league. So if they can keep that performance up and the Colts move towards running the ball more, I wonder if this could actually even be a positive for Mac. If this could just mean that he ends up getting more volume than he might have otherwise. Uh, and, you know, becomes maybe pushes himself up with that volume into the RB one conversation. We shall see. Yeah, I think that it'll be interesting to monitor moving forward for sure. Number two story on the line, probably the Lamar Miller ACL tear. Uh, really kind of went <laughs> pushed under the rug after the the luck bombshell. Uh, but but what are your thoughts on Lamar Miller's uh, going down for the year? What do you think that means for the the Houston offense from a fantasy perspective? Uh, I mean, to be honest, I, I, I was never really high on uh, Lamar Miller. Uh, I just think he's he's had he seems to have had a difficulty like fitting into every kind of scheme he's in. But like he has the talent, so it's it's interesting. But I, I do feel like in that offense, you could easily kind of plug in somebody else, and they would be as productive as Lamar Miller. So I don't think it's it's a huge implication for Houston as much as it is like from a fantasy perspective, definitely for for Mr. Andre losing his RB2. Right. Fair enough. Yeah, because I mean, even last year with Miller playing, everyone was always waiting for Donta Foreman or Alfred Blue or, you know, someone else to just take his place and really kind of show that they deserve that role. So, yeah, yeah I, don't, I think I agree that it, it's not going to be a huge impact on Houston itself. Duke Johnson maybe sees a bump now if Duke Johnson becomes the feature back out there. Uh, yep. He's a guy that has had three down potential. Shout out to Mikey repping Duke Johnson on the last podcast. 
so Duke Johnson could become an interesting fantasy player here. Uh, and it'll, it'll definitely be something for us to monitor, uh, you know, staying on the Twitter and everything to look if Houston actually signs another running back uh, or maybe trades for one even, because it would be really interesting if they just go out and get a new guy and see what that might do for their offense. Hey, they could go get Melvin Gordon now. Yeah, there you go. Trade for Melvin Gordon, pay him a bunch of money. That 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 that, that would be a story. That would, I don't think we've had trades like that recently in the NFL. Like, but that would that would be amazing. Oh yeah. Uh, any other news that you can think of? Any you know any any thought on the holds on the holdouts that are continuing and still going on? Right. I I definitely uh, you know I I am. I am monitoring that situation closely, but there hasn't seemed to be like much traction with, uh, with Melvin Gordon. Uh, Zeke's was interesting. Uh, it seems like kind of they met and they weren't able to come to an agreement from what I understand. Uh, I do think though Zeke's like, I'm for some reason, I'm still optimistic that he, he will play uh, and that they will come to an agreement before the the season begins. Like the Cowboys have to realize at this point that he's a generational running back at his position and that, you know, he, he is worth the, the money that he's asking for and the contract. Um, whereas someone like Melvin is Melvin Gordon's a fantastic running back. Don't get me wrong, but you know, no, not on the caliber of, of Zeke. Um, so I, I can see some more hesitation there from LA. Yeah, and importantly, too, I mean, the age difference there is important. Uh, right. You know, Zeke himself, I, I, if I remember correctly, he's still, you know, he's on that rookie deal still. And I think if he doesn't report to camp, free agency gets pushed another year for him. I may be wrong about that, but I think there's that kind of looming over him as well. Uh, whereas Melvin Gordon is already established. He's, he's off his rookie deal. He's older. And, you know, the idea of paying a running back into their 30s, you know, double digits on the cap is, is not super appetizing to a lot of teams these days. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it, and it's, it's, it is – I'm looking forward to seeing if uh, Jerry Jones keeps saying stupid shit. That will be fun uh, if he just keeps antagonizing people and saying that, ooh, Zeke who, or, you know, stuff like that. I, that'll be fun to see if that impacts the negotiations. Uh, but, yeah, something to monitor definitely moving forward. Yep. So we're going to start bringing the podcast to a close here. Uh, Vic, I'm going to ask you, what are you looking forward to most uh, – with the fantasy league moving forward this year, what's something that uh, you're going to be following closely? Something that you're really interested in uh, moving forward? Uh, the biggest thing for me is definitely the uh, the format change. Uh, I'm uh, excited to see you know the the implications of uh, of the PPR format. Uh, I personally have never participated in a PPR league, so uh, curious to see uh, how that pans out. You know we've already seen kind of the draft implications that it's had to, to some degree. And we'll see uh, through throughout the season uh, in terms of uh, how that's going to affect certain players values. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, that's, it's one thing that I admire and really enjoy about our league is that we, we, we are open always to kind of new things and, and new innovations in the league to try and make it better. Uh, and I think, I think the half PPR is going to do that. I'm really interested to see, I mean, one, I just like bigger numbers, so I'm excited to see some bigger scores this year. That'll be exciting. Uh, but yeah, I think it adds a fun little wrinkle into our, our lovely little fantasy league. Very well said. Poetic. Yeah.
And and with that, Vic, I think we're going to sign off here. Thanks for coming on the podcast. You have any final words for our uh, adoring listeners? Uh, I think we should check on Mikey because I'm a bit concerned about his uh, we, his mental yeah, health we, after Lux retirement. We got to get some cards on him. We got to not. We got to make sure we don't get the Epstein guys. We got to get some actual like valid eyes on him moving forward. Shout out to dead pedophile Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on that note. I will wish you guys a, a good week. We'll probably have another podcast uh, after week one. Unless there's some bigger news, we probably won't do another pre-week one podcast. Uh, if we do, I'll let you guys know. But otherwise, guys, keep crying. Bye-bye. <laughs>